Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me, we have a panel of Epic Proportions, Chaos, Soro, and Rory Khan to talk about the news of the week, video games, looters, but this show is going to be focusing on a couple key topics. We got Tales of Arise that launched this week. We also have the PlayStation event that dropped yesterday, so I'm generally curious as to everybody's thoughts about what's going on. I was not able to watch the event live, but I have seen all the tweets and I've seen the Xbox PlayStation fans, I guess, using this as a way to try to kick dirt in each other's eyes. Of course. Of course. It's like any event. Like how did and then it's like no matter what, like I see it as both sides always coming out like we win clearly like we're the best. It's like, okay, I'm I'm glad hopefully they find some joy in their in that world. And then obviously uh, the new world beta has, uh, I guess, launched. Uh, it is going live this weekend, and so we're going to be talking about that as well, and it's going to be interesting because I think in the pre-show, we were kind of like coming to the same conclusion, but we'll share you guys our thoughts as well, and if you're joining us on the live show, you can always sound off and help direct the show itself, but before we get into it, I do want to say thanks to Cordell, Vern, WG Productions, and Keelan at Podcast Legend Status, helping to fund the show and keep us going on the air and more so thank you guys for the support if you feel like jumping in on that support check out ginger gaming radio uh for more information let's go around the panel i'm going to start with tales of arise that is something for me that my plans today got totally out of whack i was going to say i'm going to finish and publish my ultimate controller guide it took me a lot longer to get that done for new world and then i was going to stream some tales of arise before the podcast obviously that did not happen <laughs> and i went to go hover over the buy option for tales of arise and there's like three different options and then i was like okay well i'm about to podcast with some dudes that i know have the answer what version of this game should i get and why is it so awesome i'm gonna start with rory uh, the version of the game is like, that to me is a bit of a rough one. So for starters, I got my version from Bandai Namco. They were kind enough to send me a review code and they sent me the ultimate version. And, um, there's a lot of DLC in there that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I, I should, I should preface this by saying, I love the game. The game is amazing. I'm enjoying the story. I'm like 30 hours in. I haven't finished it yet. But I'm really enjoying the story. I love the visuals. I love the animations. I think the game itself is really working for me. Like, I'm really enjoying the crap out of it. But like I was saying, the DLC that is in some of these things, I'm not a massive fan because, like I was saying on the pre-show, the first sword they give you in the game deals 30 damage. The sword that you can get from the DLC, which is available, like, the second you're able to equip a sword, deals 130 damage. Are you effing kidding me? No, no. That, that, this <laughs> and that's is the, an and actual that, thing. And that's the $100 edition? I, I, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I think the, yeah, the, the one that I have is the ultimate edition, yeah. but I think the deluxe edition has this as well. Cause I was looking okay, at the deluxe okay. edition earlier on stream. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you yeah. can just get a sword that deals a hundred more damage. Then it's like to give an idea I have right now, like 15,000 gold in the game. Uh, one of the additions also give you like a hundred thousand. They give you XP and a bunch of stuff. So there's also costumes, the costumes, I think it's fine. Like the cosmetics and whatnot to me, that's totally cool. No problem. But like all of the other stuff, I was like, I kind of don't like that. This gives you in-game advantages on the DLC. That's one of the things that does bother me. So is there a multiplayer version? in this game? No. Okay. Okay. So which version should you get? It's really up to whether or not you like the costumes and whether or not you want to have that early game advantage, which I don't think you need necessarily, but you know, it's there. I've never been a huge fan of that stuff. 
Uh, one of the things that I do like is though the game doesn't rub it in your face like Ubisoft tends to do with Assassin's Creed, though. So that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so at least there's that. It's there. There's a menu option, but they don't like constantly call it up. Hey, you should check out our store. Check out the thing. But but um, but yeah. So Tales of Arise uh, is a really fun game. I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty. Uh, there's a lot of cool combat mechanics uh, to it. There's like all these boosters. I mean, if you've played the if you've played the the demo, you'll have an idea of what the combat is like. But the cool thing about it is just that art style coupled together with the animations during the combat it just really makes everything click. You got perfect evades, you got perfect parries, and the objective, as with every Tales game, according to what people tell me, is you get your combo score as high as you possibly can. It's, even though it's a JRPG, in a lot of ways, it's also kind of like. Uh, almost like a fighting game because your whole thing is like how many combos can I chain together using all of these characters and how high can I make the combo go? And when you get to a certain point of the combo, you get to do like a finisher attack. That's just like one shots a lot of the enemies, not all of them. So obviously you're not going to one shot bosses, but it's, it's just a ton of fun. There's not I'm like a $200 addition to one shot a boss. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the double, the, even, the double ultimate edition. Even with the uh, the 130 damage sword, I think that if you're playing on the hardest difficulty, you know, you'll get by early on, but you'll start struggling reasonably fast as well, I think. Uh, question then to the panel. Anybody else here playing Tales of Arise and have any thoughts about the different versions? Not yet. I've been looking at it and uh, been on the fence for a little bit, but continue to look at the, the gameplay and trailers and stuff like that uh, i might just pull the trigger <laughs> i will and... pick it up at some point oh sorry if we finished. No, you're good Go um it. i will pick it up at some point it's just i've got so much i'm playing through at the moment i know if i pick it up right now it's gonna sit there in terms of the extras if there is no pvp it doesn't really bother me it'll only bother me if i gain an advantage in pvp if it's pve only and it's only for a short time to boost me you know, yeah. at the very, very early point of the game, which I assume that's exactly what it is. Yes, yes. You know, a few hours into it, that 130 damage sword is going to be redundant anyway. No, 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 yeah. Um, I think that's fine. I mean, if it was like a weapon that gave you six, 700 damage and that took you like 30 hours into the game, then I'd be like, okay, that's a, that, that's a bit of a problem because it ruins that aspect of the game where you're looking for a better weapon to improve your thing. Yeah. So... Um, but even with these versions of the games, um, the only one I'd go for is either the base version or the one with a figurine. It's one <laughs> or the other. I, I'm a sucker for figurines. You know, I, I got my Xenos over there. He's badass. So, yeah, when it comes to figurines, I'm a sucker for that. So I'll, if I like the franchise, I'll go for the big one. If I don't, I, I'll get yeah. the base one. I've I've enjoyed the Tales uh, franchise for a long time. That's where it's like with this one, this kind of fell at an inopportune time, especially with them uh, talking and having the new world open beta. Uh, we'll uh, let's go ahead and we can kind of talk about that because uh, for me, like from a content creator perspective, I was talking with Vulcan and it's like, well, yeah, I probably should jump in and and, and test the system out just to kind of give people some like updated thoughts about the patch notes, and, uh, and then I can also capture footage that I can share, you know. Uh, up till the 28th and then I'll have like the actual game but there's a fatigue there in that regards of like I'm I'm really just ready for the game itself and so from a 
tester perspective, the fact that progress doesn't carry forward into the main game is a massive is a massive disincent like disincentive to uh, to it. And I guess I've been spoiled because we've seen many games where progress carries forward. Outriders did this, and you saw people like consume the beta to an unhealthy degree. Uh, and so I think that was for anything. If there was one change you, I would make to the new world open beta would be that progress would carry forward. Cause I think that gets people playing and, and ready to go. What do you guys think about that? I, I think that betas are supposed to be betas. And I, I mean, even though it's an open beta, but it's like, I don't know if they're ready to release the game yet. Right. Maybe they're still taking some feedback on this. Maybe they're going to be changing some systems. Uh, but personally, I'm just like, look, I've played the game twice already. Uh, oh crap! Give me a second. Oh, you're good. Uh, yeah, you played the game I've twice. The yeah, I've played the game twice already, and therefore, I'm just not interested in going at it for a third time. Yeah. You know? It's like, and and not to mention that, from what I can tell, they still haven't changed the um, that starter experience. Right? It's still the same thing back and forth. If I have to do that like four times. I'm probably going to burn out on the game before I even begin. So, yeah. I mean, that's my biggest problem. Um, I like betas, but I generally jump into them with the offset of, do I like it? Is it for me? I, I, I use the beta as a gauge. Is this something for me? I'll test it out a bit, but I won't dive too far into it because if I have to do all that again, I won't do that the second time around. I'll just be, I just won't be bothered to do it. Yeah. Delvin in um, chat says that uh, progress should be, a, sorry, go ahead. I mean, didn't mean to yeah, cut you off. Progress has to be wiped. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I, I mean, they could have easily set that to what Outriders did within a certain, you know, level. So let's say up to level 10. Mm -hmm. And then you can't gain any more XP after that. You can't gain any more quest progress. You can't gain any, you know, money after a certain cap. So it, it completely desensitizes you from progressing any more forward, but you can like go and gather materials and stuff if you wanted to. So there are ways to keep you playing and get you interested mm -hmm. while blocking your progress waiting for the full release. So it can be done if they wanted to. It's just a lot more hassle. I just question what the purpose of the beta is. I want to go to Soro. Uh, we talked about the fact that you, yeah, you haven't downloaded it. You're waiting for release. I think it's generally the panel is like, who have either pre-ordered or planned to play just like, okay, well I, I'll, I'll wait till the 28th. What do you think? I've already did the opening mission twice. <laughs> Why do I want to do it a third and then a fourth time? Yeah. It's, it's not just the it third releases. time. It's like, the, it's still the next time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've already done it twice. I know what to expect there. Why do I need to do it two more times to, to get into the game? Like, mm -hmm. I get to test the system. I understand that, but still, you know, I'm, I'm just going to wait. Uh, I, from what I've seen and what I played in the second beta, uh, I think they're on the right track. I think they know what they're doing, even though, you know, Amazon game studio is not huge. Like I can't say, yeah, I have complete faith in these guys, but from what they've shown me with the first two closed betas and what they continue to say, Hey, we're working on this. We're working on that. I, I have enough faith in them to go, okay, yeah, I do what you guys need to do. And I'll be sitting here ready for it when you guys are ready. Mm -hmm. 
it's See, just going through all that again <laughs> you know the second third fourth time it's going to be just a hassle were you gonna say something chaos yeah i was gonna say um, i think it's a two-pronged um situation number one it's the stress test the servers like um delvi is saying but secondly the previous uh gameplay options for new world have been closed beta right mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. is the first one that's open beta so for those people that were that haven't made the purchase that haven't dived in yet this gives them that opportunity to, to try it out before the 28th to see if it's for them because not everyone wants to pre-order just to um you know be able to get into a beta yeah if a company does that i generally stay away from it because i don't like that at all i think that's really um I'll say it's scummy. Um, I think if you want to get your play people interested in the game, just open it for a weekend, let everyone try it. If the servers go down because it's crashed, fine. At least you know that there's a lot of demand there right now. Open up more servers. But um, this is their first time to get other people who haven't pre-ordered the game to try the game. So I think that's what this session is really for, to try and sway a few more people to buy the game if they enjoy it. So that yeah. that's just where I think you know from uh from that perspective because it's the outside of that group because I I think that group is has been primarily on the fence right I don't like the pre order uh to get access to the beta that's why I was really surprised that Amazon delayed the game originally from its uh, August date to September twenty eighth that was a surprising update because they actually went and looked at the feedback that they got from the closed beta and said we're not ready we need this much time. We're going to go and take that much time. And my experience so far with the open beta has actually been much, much smoother. I ran into one like audio issue so far and where like it wasn't the audio completely dipped out. It was like the volume got cut by 80%. And uh, and so I was like, okay, well, that was strange. Restarting that fixed it. But overall, like my my experience with the, uh, the open beta has been uh, something enjoyable. But the only reason for me that I was going in is that I've been covering this game for 18 months. I plan on playing this game on the 28th because I'm more than anything excited that my progress carries forward. So usually my thought process is like, I would have rather than put like a level cap of what 15. So you could start into the PVP and then say, great, thanks for helping us stress this out. Or like, you know, whatever that level range would be. And then your progress carries forward. If you're interested in continuing to play game launches on the 28th, because it is open in that regards. Cause that way you could get people who like me, wanting to go in and get ready for the 28th and then gives everybody everybody like the thing is is that if you're if you're pre-ordered or not pre-ordered everybody can go and then if you do decide to play then you can pick up right where you left off on the 28th but for me now uh my, that's why i was like i've tested it i you know it feels really good i'm not going to invest any more time into it because it's literally getting wiped out. I'm going to go play Tales of Arise. And then I got, I got busy working on this guide. And that's why I was like, bringing it all full circle. I have to say, like, I was like, oh man, like this might be a really fun week. You know, like the whole, we don't, like I've done everything at 14. New world doesn't come out to the end of the week. Tales of Arise is out. Like maybe this is going to be what I'm going to do. And so hopefully I get some time this weekend and uh, I'm probably going to get the ultimate because it isn't a multiplayer. Um, Cause the thought that I had, and I want to ask Rory this, and I want to go to the panel. The games cost $60. I don't think they do. Yes. They do. But. Do games cost $60? Okay, the, the old $60 discussion. So yeah. my argument towards that, and this is very much a, a, layman, a layman's argument, is the fact that, look, um, 
games cost, you can argue that games cost more expensive now because of the fact that we're doing uh, games that are much more, uh, how should I call it, much more visually, uh, the visual fidelity has increased, right? And that's one of the main reasons the art assets have more resolution, all of this stuff. But it is also important to say, and this is something that nobody ever really talks about, it's also very important to say that game development tools have also evolved. Mm-hmm. And they've become much more efficient at developing those games. So it's like, I am, again, this is one of those things where I wish that I had more information and more knowledge on game development world because I don't think it's a black and white thing of like, inflation go brr, therefore game price must go brr as well. <laughs> it's like, I don't think it's that linear because for starters, there's a much bigger audience. So there's many more people buying video games. Mm-hmm. There's uh, better tools to develop video games. So that needs to be taken into account as well. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly whether or not it is fair that it is 60, 70, 80. In Portugal, like uh, a, a PlayStation 5 game costs people. 70 euros. 70 euros is like $90. Yeah. Maybe 80 something, right? Yeah. Along Bra- those I think Brazil like- also has like outrageous prices. Okay. Too. Okay, dude, we don't talk about Brazil. I remember <laughs> at one point. Listen, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot. Point, no, let, let me explain to you why. I, I, I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean, like, you can't take Brazil's market into account because it's just a completely different thing. Like, look, if you're in Brazil and you want to go buy an iPhone, it's cheaper to fly to America, stay there for a week, buy the phone, and then fly back than it is to buy the phone in Brazil. Okay. When I was there, I remember seeing a PlayStation Vita selling for what accounted for like 1,500 euros, which is 10 times the price I paid for mine. So like the market in Brazil is just completely fucked. We can't, yeah, it can't be used for anything. Can we say something awesome like, about the Brazilian people though? Like they're amazing. <laughs> dude, Brazilian people. Here's what I can say awesome about Brazilian people. Overall, the Brazilian people are extremely nice. Mm-hmm. They're very, very nice. Like I've been there. They're super nice people, yeah. super chill. They just want to. They're a good late time. by American standards. My wife was uh, in Brazil for a while. My wife's the world traveler, and it's like they prioritize the personal relationship and that conversation. So they're really like, when you think of about an American, like from an American perspective and mindset of productivity and timeliness and meetings and, Oh, I got to go. I have a meeting kind of mindset. Yeah. Like she was like blown away. And so that's the, like, that's my weird random fact of, of the Brazilian people that I was like, I do appreciate <laughs> that. I've worked with a handful and it's like, yeah, like you had these really great conversations and then the downside is, is like, oh, but I have to go. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. And then, yeah. then like, I'm hope to God I'm not insulting anybody from Brazil. Anyway, that random educational facts here on Epically Radio, guys. And <laughs> uh, that's why you subscribe and like and all that but, good stuff. Go ahead. But yeah, it's like, well, what is your thought on the whole $60 thing? Because I mean, you brought that point up. Yeah. I'm sure you got something that you want to say about it. Well, I want to, I do want to, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say something about it? Uh, I want to. I want to get a uh, uh, Soro and I want to get a uh, uh, Chaos's uh, kind of thoughts, especially as it relates to that. Because I like when I see a game that has DLC that's a sixty dollars game and then it goes up to quickly a hundred dollars. Like in my mind, I think games have become a hundred dollars, but they just kind of have a they have a starter edition that, that starts at sixty. Uh, Chaos, do you have any uh, insight? Um, yeah, first of all, uh, in regards to what Chili said, seventy bucks is yeah how much we in the UK pay for our. Are PlayStation Five uh, exclusive games made by Sony, um, and that's roughly about a hundred dollars when you yeah, convert it. Seventy pounds. Eighty. It's about <laughs> eight. It's about. I just converted it. It's roughly about a hundred dollars. Um, in regards to your question, mm-hmm. I think um, you know sixty 
60 pounds for a game is okay. Where they have the extra DLC, you know, the added extras and they fluff it up all the way up. If it comes with a season pass, I think I'm willing to pay for it, but I'm generally not okay with like these 100 pound, 120 pound editions. I think it's just them trying to fleece more money. It comes back to the old um, 60, 70 pound argument where Microsoft has decided to keep their games at 60 pound. Sony said we're going to increase it to 70. I don't mind paying 70 pound for a game if it has no DLC. Not sorry, no microtransactions. Um, but if you're going to put a microtransaction store in there and still charge me 70, 80, 90 quid in there, that becomes a bit of a problem for me. Oh, we got a phone call coming in on Sora. Sorry. Uh, you're good, man. Uh, what do you think about the, the, the current uh, pricing model? Um, I think you also got to take into effect that there are more gamers today than there were, you know, X amount of years ago. So even if, you know, the game costs 60 bucks five, 10 years ago, they're still making more off of the same price than, or today than they were back then because there's more people buying it. Um, but also in my opinion, I really don't care how much the game costs as long as it's not $400, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, if it's something that I like, if it's an IP I like, if it's a game that I think looks good and that I know I'm going to play or that, you know, something small like I know my daughter's going to play. Mm -hmm. at, like I said, as long as it's not $400, I'll buy it. You know, make it the $100 if you absolutely have to. If it's something that my daughter wants to play or that I know I want to play, I'll sure, I'll drop the 100 bucks on it. It might take me a little bit to you know, get the money set aside just to get it, but I'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a gamer dad for you in that regards, especially it's like, Oh, <laughs> if my kids want it, it's like, I have to, for me, try to balance that out. Cause I don't want to be like, Oh yeah, you get every, everything you ask for. Cause then well, I don't want to sit here and I send also, kids off into the, like the world. And they're like, Oh, dad will buy this for me. It's like, okay. Well. I, I also have the one you have 20. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> but that's also an argument for playing games over anything else. Like, you want to go to the movies? Like, I think taking the kids to the movies, like from a cost perspective wise, is like I could easily get a game. That's why. That's why. Like, just on that note, though, like that's why I really don't like the free to play model, uh, because of like how it trains them to kind of like expect games, and we've seen that already. Like, that's why I say the free to play model one. Uh, Maddie's like, oh, can I play this game? And it's like constantly asking her for money. And she's a kid and she has no concept of what you have to do to get money. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, you don't even understand what $5 is. And don't go talk to your grandpa because he pays. Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know, like, honestly, where his scale came from. I don't know if anybody's been like this. <laughs> but, like, me working for my dad, it's like, here's a quarter, son. Enjoy it. My uh, my niece working for my dad is like, here's an iPhone. You know, like, I'm, I'm talking about, like, right. what <laughs> happened in the time that I left home. <laughs> Like the man, the man started like paying and then it's like nowadays, like, oh my gosh. But the, I bring it up because I see when I see those kind of scales and the fact that it's a standalone game, it's like, okay, it gives people options. Right. But when, when I see the debate around games being made and the cost of them, like Rory, you hit on the two really good arguments, a, uh, more players, you know, so you, the, the market has grown people buy games, 
uh, that helps offset that cost, right? Like you can see, because when you look at what's the fair market value, it's where demand and price and supply, you know, kind of meet. Like, hey, we got enough in the digital edition, we could supply this game to more people, more sales, we don't have to increase the overall price. Uh, the other side of it are tools and things that have gotten better. Um, but I think the things that when I look at the overall price of games, uh, and we see this, like it's kind of, it, I think it's missed a lot, but it's uh, it's in terms of risk and investment. When I look at the market and we see, uh, you know, Fortnite as a free-to-play game bringing in $2 billion, when we saw World of Warcraft having 12 million subscribers, like from an investment perspective, I see a lot of people putting money into buckets around what is the new hotness. That's why, like, we see the different rollout of various battle royales, etc. So when it comes down to it, like when you factor that and you factor the risk of a game, whether it's a new IP or not, new IPs specifically, the fact that we get those, I think, is really telling uh, and exciting. The fact that we get a game like, you know, Tales, that's a single player JRPG and not a battle royale, like, you know, print cash money mobile phone game. That's not, uh, it's not ahead. really a new IP, though. Well, no, but I mean, like the fact that even it, well, the fact that it is a, uh, a series think, does help yeah. out a lot. Like that, that helps out immediately. Um, just from a numbers perspective, one of the things is like, uh, we, we see it time and time again, when you have a known entity, it helps out. Yeah, it builds that trust, makes it a little bit easier to kind of open up your wallet and spend the money. This works for movies and whatnot. But when I, when I look at it in terms of like game development, there's becomes that, that risk. Yes, we could make a new game. Yes, we can make it. It's, it's this thing. Um, how do we, how do we manage that? And typically the answer is, well, we gotta, we gotta remove as many barriers as possible because these games don't compete in an isolated little bubble. You know, like if I was going to release an MMORPG, you have to recognize that at, f at $15 a month subscription, like that's the cost of game pass, you know, like that's the cost of this other thing. That's the cost of your Netflix subscription. And you're not only asking for somebody to compete with from a dollar to dollar, but for their time. And so yes the market has gone has gotten bigger but your competition is where you're kind of stepping into the arena and that i think affects overall game prices and so where when gamers like myself complain about like free to play and microtransactions like i just look at it and say well like, would you be willing to spend a hundred dollars on a on a single player game and typically like when the playstation announced like there was 70 dollars uh, going up the, the price uh, maybe it was just a bunch of Xbox people trying to like, you know, start crap online. But I saw a lot of people like, I'm never going to pay $70. And my response when anybody, especially a gamer says that they're like, they're never going to do whatever I go, I'm just going to wait. Like, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to copy this little, this little thing that you wrote. Cause we're going to revisit this. <laughs> Cause yeah. I like, I bet like when the right game comes out, oh, $70, I'll make it work. You know, like you'll find a way life finds a way. I mean, I haven't yet. You haven't spent seventy dollars on a game yet on PlayStation? No. Playing those free to play Genshin? <laughs> I don't know. I've um you know I'm sure um Sarah knows there's a like website called Shop Two, legit gaming sites that sell mm. video games, and they sell PSN cards on the cheap. So I can get like seventy pounds worth of PSN cards for almost like what, fifty pounds? Mm -hmm. So I go buy that, pump it into my PSN and digitally buy it for fifty quid. Um mm. You put your put out a video guide on that, man. Well, save, <laughs> like saving some bucks, man. How to save? Uh, like um, that's a lot of money. That adds up. Yeah, I mean, I always look around for sort these sorts of things when I'm buying. It has to be a really, really special game that I know I'm gonna absolutely enjoy for me to spend seventy quid. Like if Alan Wake Two came out today, 
that would be a no-brainer. I would instantly, but it has to be a very special game. And as of right now, I haven't seen anything to fit that bill. Um, like where, I mean, I'm just going to use my circumstances as an example. We, ha- I haven't seen a pay rise in where I'm working in about two and a half, three years. Oh my gosh. And with inflation yes. going up and with prices going up, this is only adding to things. So it's not as simple as, you know, it's only 10 bucks they're adding on top. Everything else around you is also increasing with inflation, except for your livelihood. So mm-hmm. it does add up. So I think that's the, for me, that's what it is. It's everything around me increases in price, whereas what I have, my salary diminishes just, every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that gap gets wider and wider and wider as everything's getting more and more expensive while I'm earning less and less as a, appreciation value, let's just say. Um, so that's why I always look around and find the best deal I can before I plunge it. So that's why, as of right now... Um, I can proudly say that I have yet to spend 70 bucks and I've got, I think I've got Returnal. I've got Final was Returnal, Seven was Returnal 70 bucks when it came out? Yes. Yeah, PlayStation games are 70 now. All PlayStation get five games. Sony, Sony PlayStation 5 games are 70 bucks. Activision has jumped onto that as well because Sony did. So a lot of PS5 yeah. specific games now are 70 quid. I think essentially that we'll, we'll see that natural shift in in the price going to seventy over you know over a course of time because I remember a time when it was fifty and uh, I mm-hmm. like that when we see games especially like that have a range of prices like starting at like twenty and then the other side of it is also the dip in uh, the cost as the game lives on right so at some point like you kind of see this natural equilibrium so traditionally I see especially as games have existed for a while twenty dollars ends up being kind of this de facto price point that they kind of that they mostly settle in on unless you're nintendo and then you never uh you never yeah, decrease never. the price never decrease the price on those games but hey, i remember going to my news agent and buying commodore games for uh 3.99 for those that remember the commodore 64 <laughs> i never had one no. of those i didn't i that, what my my gaming career didn't start until like i went over to a friend uh who interestingly enough is named chris but it's not the chris uh, from work to game uh and he uh showed me super mario brothers 2 and uh, that was that was pretty pretty wild. I saw some kind of we were having some kind of Twitter thread of like, what was the first game you ever played? And I was like, Super Mario Brothers two, and uh, and so that was a that was a pretty wild time back in the uh, back in the old day. Probably, I- <laughs> that's what I paid for my first ever video game. That's awesome, man. Um, shifting our focus over obviously into we've been talking about PlayStation this whole time. Sony had their event yesterday, and from the looks of it, some big deal announcements i'd be very curious as to what stood out uh rory anything stand out to you from the announcement uh showcase panel yesterday there's um there's a couple of games that i'm interested in uh so like we have that uh project from korea that i hadn't really heard of before uh it's from a studio called shift up it's called project eve which basically seems like um yeah it it seems like that studio's take on a bayonetta action type game Hmm. and It looked really, really good. Uh, I feel like some of the animations still aren't quite there yet. So that is one of the ones that definitely stood out for me. Then we have pretty much anything from Insomniac is always going to be on my radar because they did such a phenomenal... I mean, I've loved the the first 
Insomniac game that I've played was actually the very first. What, what's the name of it? Um, Infamous. Yeah, Infamous. The very first solid. Infamous, that was and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And then, like on PS4, I played Second Son, and friggin' obviously Spider Man is mm-hmm. amazing. They're doing such a fantastic work with those games that it's just like Spider Man Two is going to be a no brainer. Wolverine's also going to be a no brainer. Um, super pumped about those. Um, and then there's a bunch of stuff that I didn't really care for, like GTA five remastered. I even made a joke in my video. I was like, oh, and then they announced Skyrim. Oh no, wait, it's, it's the other one. Yeah. Cause they keep remastering and remaking and it's just like, stop. It just, it just needs to, they can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> Bethesda and Rockstar just like keep re-releasing these games. But um, overall, it's like I thought it was a, a medium showing. I wouldn't say that I was like blown away. I, I know that people in chat are saying Knights of the Old Republic. I think that's really cool. But uh, it's it's a 20 year old game almost. <laughs> okay. The the value yeah. of Knights of the Old Republic coming back is, I think, from a like history pr- preservation. Hist- historic preservation. Yeah, right. I think it's important. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think it's super important. I'm just saying I'm not I've played that game. I'm not maybe as hyped as some of the people that hold it in higher regard. But, you know, I'm happy that it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm still happy that it's coming because, like, there's plenty of games that I would like to see get the remaster treatment. But, yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen to every game. That's why I was like, when they when I saw that on Twitter, I was like, oh, that's that's actually really good. Yeah, I think it's PlayStation 5 exclusive. The questions I always have is that is that a time to, you know, when it comes to exclusivity, which I'm anti-exclusivity in all cases, uh, I'll continue to say that Halo should come to PlayStation uh, Bethesda should come to play like I don't like any of this locking uh, games down permanently uh, in any one environment because yeah. I think that pe- people should play where they want to play if they continue to lock things down permanently what's going to happen is I think consoles will going to just completely get wiped out because people will shift to PC where everything eventually ends up right like you know that's just the pattern and that's just what we're seeing happen in the market it'll you know it'll probably be another decade before we really see the fully fleshed out like what does this even look like? What does this mean for, for gamers? But that's just when it's like when, when these deals are happening, I do get concerned. I've been against the Bethesda exclusivity on the Microsoft side. Um, but let's just talk about how exclusivity oh is funded. Go ahead. I, f- I forgot. I forgot two things. Oh my God. Dude. It's like, I, I haven't slept too much today. You're good. I forgot <laughs> Forspoken. Dude. Yes. Yes. Dude, that, that game, you want to know what's so special about that game? It's not even just like the, the combat and all that. It's, one thing that's very important, I've brought this up like two or three times already today, but it is traversal. You know how so many people make like an open world game and they're like, oh yeah, it's got a massive world, but they never really bothered to think about how are the players going to traverse this world? Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. seems like the traversal in that game is going to be really, really cool. Do you see her jumping on roofs and doing like almost teleportation and then the grappling hook and all of that stuff? Uh, that that actually, that game has me super pumped. That is one of oh, the yeah. games that I'm most pumped for. But the one that I'm actually most pumped for is God of War. God of War. I, su- I assume you haven't played it, Brian, right? Oh, yeah, I haven't played it. God, You've I'm never not, played the original? No, I, I got, I've tried. I'm just not a God of War fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Ah, I just damn, don't like dude. it. It's so good. That game's yes. amazing. Yeah, y'all can leave me one. It's like, it's just, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be something I'm not. Like, it's like, no, you yeah, know, yeah, it's, I've, you uh, at some point, like, you know, like, again, it, there's a lot of factors, right? Like a lot of the, especially that, like, I didn't, I, I tried playing the old God of Wars back on like PlayStation three and stuff like that. Just, you know, like, okay. Like, it's not really my, resonating with me. Uh, and then obviously, like when I have kids, like when am I going to play that kind of game? I've I've seen in terms of games that I play, 
like they've gone from M to T to E, you know, like in that regards from a rating perspective. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh man, yeah, God of War is great. Like I would say, yeah, man, I hear God of War is great. Like I, and I need to sit down and try to find time to, to, to fit it in, into a schedule. Like just ain't going to happen, you know? <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that was disappointed for spoken. Okay. Talk about that. I just really didn't like the animation and the dialogue was beyond crazy. Are they going to kill chaos? Chaos, chaos, kill chaos? <laughs> they don't know where I live. It's fine. And I've hit in my background, so they'll never know where I am. But um, <laughs> I really didn't like the animation. It really was an off-putting. Um, the overall dialogue that was um, in place as well, just it it ruined immersion. It It just, it just didn't sit well with me. Um, I know a number of people also feel the same way. I mean, the whole, you know, verticality aspect, traversal aspect was cool, but the animation of the character seems to have hit a really big downgrade, which I didn't like. It just looked bad. But the overall um, voiceover was just, it, it was terrible. It, to me, it was really, really bad, and it, I really didn't enjoy it at all. I really hope when it comes out, they'll fix that sort of thing. But do they give any release date on that yet? Instant, no. Okay. So they it got went time. from an instant yeah, buy to time. a not instant buy for me. That's my, how that's how much I was indifferent about it. My problem with the whole Sony thing is that, especially as we look at Spider-Man Two going into 2023, I mean, it's kind of a plus and a minus. Like with shortages and not being able to get hardware, like you just it's so crazy to think that we're coming up on another holiday a year after these consoles have launched and they're still in massive amount. Like the issue with it isn't that these, like whether you're Xbox or PlayStation, like both are really good systems. The issue is that they aren't easy to obtain. And I haven't, I don't remember anything like this in, in, outside the Wii. I remember when the Wii was out, like it felt like it was in, like it was constantly, you never found one. You find one on a shelf, you buy it because you know, thousands of people were like, if you see one, you gotta let me know. I want to get a Wii for my grandma. You know, it's like, <laughs> so like outside of that situation, it's just like, yeah, I'm looking at these games for PlayStation. Obviously, like Final Fantasy Origins. Obviously, Final Fantasy 16. Obviously, uh, like I even for Spoken. You know, like dialogue and whatnot. Like I'm not necessarily worried about it, but those are definitely on my radar. Spider Man Two, uh, Wolverine couldn't couldn't be happier with the studio behind Wolverine. That is, yeah, I could like that is the right pairing because of the pedigree, but also the character. Like, does anybody remember back in the day when video games were paired with their movie components and they were like, the the game was always this rushed, like it was like, maybe it, it had a terrible. couple, it, maybe it had a couple of redeeming things. Like maybe there was like one no, thing no, or two it. things. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm saying like, it was a, a legit five, right? Like it was a legit middle of the road. Like the game, you could play it all the way through to the end. You know, you're, you're being very generous with that five. There were plenty of games that were just oh, there's some that were just hot trash. Like <laughs> what was it, the Noid, and like like all the different marketing ca campaigns and stuff like that. But uh, when it, when the fact that Insomniac's behind the Wolverine, like that, I think is is probably going to be a must buy for me. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, that as a character. I, 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 it's weird, right? So here we have to contrast. We have the Guardians of the Galaxy announced as a part of like Square Enix. They have Marvel's Avengers, but then we see Marvel jumping over here to be Spider-Man and Wolverine. What do you like, Sora? You haven't said anything for a while. Did you have anything that you took off from the uh, PlayStation event or the or the whole Wolverine thing? 
Uh, so there's actually a couple that we touched on, like uh, for Spoken. Mm-hmm. I definitely am excited about. Um, I do get where Chaos is coming from with the voice acting not matching up correctly and just a couple things here and there. Um, but I, I, the way that the gameplay looks, I do enjoy. It looks phenomenal in my mind. Um, so really excited about that. The only problem is I need to get a PlayStation 5 first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Blood Hunt. That looked really good to me. Uh, but I, I also in a, uh, tabletop RPG player. So it does remind me of like a vampire of the masquerade tabletop game. Like just the immersion that I get playing that, uh, gives me that feeling, which I do enjoy. Um, death loop is interesting in my mind. Okay. It kind of mashes borderlands and cyberpunk together is the way that i kind of looked at it okay uh so i'm not i'm kind of on the fence about that one um spider-man looked really good the trailer looked amazing um god of wars trailer looked really really good but i gotta go back and play some of the other ones first <laughs> the strength of uh, both need, go ahead and go you rude. just need to play the the 2018 one you don't have to play yeah. the other ones before that yeah, like I played one, two, three, it, like the original ones, and then kind of took a break from it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I'll have like to go back. Um, the 2018 version kind of just like it's very welcoming to complete newcomers. It's it's even though it's not separated, it's, it's not like oh, this is just Kratos in the north. No, it's like he still has this whole story behind him. But mm-hmm. it's like you don't need to know that story in order to enjoy the the story that is told in, in that one. But I would advise you to play that one before uh, Ragnarok. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to keep the story in line. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and I'll play that one. Um, what else was there? Um, and going back to how I was saying, I'm an RPG or tabletop RPG player as well. Tiny Tina. Uh, oh, for the Borderlands? Yeah. For game. Borderlands. <laughs> that just looks so much fun <laughs> because it is taking a uh, uh, tabletop RPG aspect and throwing it into a video game. Like just hardcore here, make a character that's a fantasy, you know, orc, you know, the kind of thing. And just the whole aspect of them rolling dice and having the D20 and everything like that in the world and having just a fallen pop can you know sitting there as a waterfall like i think that's pretty neat the uh the thing i have to say like real positive about what i appreciate about sony is that when you look at the fact that they're showing trailers in that regard especially for spider-man they've already got like you already know that spider-man and like it's semi non-expansion uh with miles morales uh is a great game like you already know that like they, they they repeat that and then you know and then some and so it's like all in all like i think they that's all they need to show i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not you know you don't have to sell me on anything but that uh and then even same kind of concept with god of war and that's from sony continuing to put that time into their franchises to continue to say like it's not ready 
let's delay it. You look at Ghost of Shishima, you look at, uh, you know, just a lot of their franchises. They have a lot of love in that regards. And I think that's one of the things that uh, when you look at them delaying Horizon, uh, you know, like that's, a, I think, a strength. Like it's a bummer in the short term, but when those games launch, they're going to be something, they're going to be a moment in time that that's where the conversation shifts within gaming. Like, have you played the new Wolverine game? Have you played the new Spider-Man game? Like, did you, oh man, can you believe this moment? So I think all in all, like uh, Sony doesn't have, like, it's this weird situation. We Like we talked about the global supply, like it's not an easy fix. There's no, like we've seen it with Square Enix. We've seen it like when they're trying to acquire servers, like everybody is fighting over very limited supply right now. And that becomes this, like this bigger issue that I don't think is going to resolve itself anytime soon. Rory, you look like you got a thought. I can't, I can't even buy a consumer grade computer. How the hell are they supposed to buy servers? Yeah. Like I'm not, right. I'm not even, listen, I bought a computer and, and let me tell you what happened. Portuguese mail destroyed my computer. It was perfect. What? And I, it had everything that I wanted because I didn't know that they use Portuguese mail as a carrier. Because Portuguese mail is atrocious. It's terrible. And it's like the computer was properly packaged, like perfect. It was perfectly insulated from anything that could happen. And you know what the Portuguese mail said? Like, is that a challenge? Oh, <laughs> is that a challenge? <laughs> like, listen, you know how you have the PCI Express and yeah. your card goes into the PCI Express slot and there's mm -hmm. like a locking mechanism on it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When this computer got here, the card was like this outside of the PCI Express slot on the side of the locking mechanism. I was like, I wouldn't even be able, I, I would barely be able to do this with my hands because that thing locks so goddamn tight. How did you do this? They destroyed it. It was like the whole thing was bent like the, the PCI Express car was bent. I was like, oh, thanks. And and now I can't, I can't even buy a computer. I'm not joking. I've been trying to buy a computer for like at least three months. Yeah. And I can't buy like a good, a hardware computer i ordered my computer in january and it like it showed up and it wasn't working and so they they you know worked on it and it came back i finally got it in june like it was like that was the most insane experience that i've had in my pc buying career right like it's like okay yeah order pc and then okay it comes in comes at the end of march like it, it wasn't like i it was at the beginning of march we're talking about it was like three months for it to even show up had to send it back and there was like another two months because I, like the it was a problem with the ram so they had to re replace the ram and then it was like waiting in line for ram because everybody's yeah. trying to buy all of this stuff and it's like oh my gosh like i, I just it's just this crazy experience crypto miners dude i yeah. hate them crypto, crypto miners and scalpers oh and yeah between yeah, the, the two of them they've completely and utterly crippled the economy in terms of electronic goods really and it's uh horrible yeah absolutely yeah and like i was telling or talking with brian i messaged him what was last week or something mm -hmm. uh about an issue with so i use a, a laptop mm -hmm. instead of a desktop i know i'm a horrible person but i can't just afford a brand new desktop computer and if i were to do a desktop i'd buy it piecemeal and build it my damn self yeah yeah uh, because that's also where my background is uh in electronics is building my own stuff and i'd much rather do it myself knowing exactly what i'm buying instead of somebody else putting it together and having what rory's issue was in shipping um 
but we were troubleshooting my laptop and everything. I've been having network card issues, it seems. And uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that was the motherboard. Now, luckily, tech support, uh, the warranty that I have on it is top grade warranty. So they're coming out uh, either tomorrow or uh, Monday to replace the motherboard at my house. <laughs> like they were coming to do Whoa. it here instead of me having to take it somewhere. Well, that's really quite or nice. Ship it somewhere. Yeah. Like we've, I've, I've seen that in business where it's like, okay. And then a uh, tech will come and, and do this, the, the swap out on site, but that's great, dude. Congrats no, on that. That yeah, makes it a little coming, bit easier. Yeah. They're coming to my location to do the swap. I'm yeah. Like, you guys can just send me the board. I'll do it myself. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. We, we got to guard these boards. Like people try we to gotta, steal them. Yeah. We got to watch for those scalpers and like the, the fast, the furious, like running up on trucks, trying to steal all the, the PC parts because they're, uh, they're, they're, they're hot, hot commodity. Plus their thing is, uh, having a certified technician, like certified in their product yeah. to come out to do it so mm -hmm. that they know it's done. It's done right. To their standard. Right. Absolutely. I'm like, great to your standard, but is it going to be to my standard? <laughs> The because uh, <laughs> my standard might be way up here and your standard might be below that, so I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here. Now, I, I do want to ask Chaos this because you've been tweeting and making some videos like this a little bit of topic shift. Because I think you know, all in all, I think overall, I think generally positive on the on the PlayStation event, uh, outside yeah. of like Chaos's forespoken, you know. Um, uh, I, <laughs> go ahead, I was gonna say, like, you also it was a mediocre event, it was what. For me, it was mediocre. Um, it was kind of short. Does anybody else here have a PS5? I'm just curious. Does anybody else here actually have a PS5? I know Chaos. Okay, so uh, it's Chaos versus Rory. Fight. I don't have a dog like, in this. I can, see, I can see where it would be mediocre. It, it just depends on what you're interested in. Like, to me, uh, you said positive. I'm like, I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of like, you know, it was all right. And didn't really I could see why um chaos would say oh it's mediocre because like I have forespoken I really like forespoken he didn't like forespoken and that kind of just like is enough to shift it over one way or the, the other, other side Inter yeah. okay so uh, chaos I, I do want to let you finish your thought because I was generally curious because it's like if you're the only one with a ps5 and you were coming off going like man <laughs> and now all of us like we can't get a ps5 like at least I could watch a trailer. You know, like, exactly. Like send me one, like all for it. You know. Um, I don't think this podcast is that big, Sora. Sorry. No. <laughs> so um, yeah, like Rory, I was blown away by Project Eve. I've been following Project Eve for about a year now, um, trying to keep up with any scraps of information I can. It's when I first saw it announced via their small trailer they released last year. Um, I'm a massive fan of that game. Like Rory said, that's like a you know Bayonetta and Neo Automata had a baby, and then they created this. That's the perfect analogy for it. Mm -hmm. um, Gran Turismo Seven just didn't wow me at all. Then again, I'm not that much of a racing fan, but it didn't take me anywhere. God of War looked cool. Um, I'm a little concerned that Rory, um, not Rory. Corey Barlock isn't actually um, directing it this They're time. They're one of the same person. No, just I know, right? It's a disguise. <laughs> yeah, it's a disguise. But, um, Takes the glasses off and all of a sudden. That's a real red flag for me because he's he's a magician when it comes to directing games, and he's hands-off with this one. I like the way they got <laughs> four correct. They got him closer to his Norse mythology actual design and added a bit of God of War mix to it, which is cool. 
Um, Borderlands don't have much interest in that. I can never get into them. Um, Tokyo Ghostwire looked interesting. I'm a fan of that kind of era. Uh, there's an MMO called Secret World Legends, which it kind of heavily is influenced by, which was cool. But overall, outside of um, Project Eve, which really made me go, wow, Alan Wake was another one. Um, the remaster. I'm really happy PlayStation fans are finally getting to experience that. That is up there in the top three of my favorite games of all time. I highly recommend if you have a chance to play it, it's on PC as well, play it. It's fantastic. You will not be disappointed with that game. There wasn't much else. And the fact that everything was 2023, um, Wolverine, I mean, they're obviously working on Spider-Man 2 first, so I expect Wolverine to come after that. Yeah, well, they didn't so show much of Wolverine at all, so it was just like... It's like 2024, 2025. I wanted to see what was coming next year. And outside of Gran Turismo, I didn't see anything else from that presentation that was coming next year. I think um, Borderlands uh, Little Tina's coming as you well mean, next year. You mean the first party, because so. Forspoken's next year as well. I think that's going to get delayed. Yeah. I can see that getting delayed after what I saw, but we'll see. Um, the, the other side of the coin is the one of the things is that the next event is also TGS. And so there's probably like, I think maybe that ends up from a Japanese perspective, seeing what's focused on. I don't know. This, this was supposed to be their swan song. They delayed it for so long. The expectation for this to okay. deliver in spades. I mean, I've, maybe the expectation got the better of me and maybe the hype for Sony's presentation to just completely blow everyone out of the water is why I feel the way I am. But I expected a lot more from this presentation. I expected to see a lot more big hitters like the Final Fantasy 16. Like, I know it's just first party, but um, Alan Wake isn't first party. Neither is Star Wars KOTOR. Right, so right. They so were it's, putting, nice. yeah. it's not just first party presentations. I just expected after waiting for so long since E3 for them to come out with something a bit more better to say, hey, we've got all these coming in about four years' time. If you've got a PS5 think... right now, you got to wait until three years before you can finally get some cool games. Because that's the message that they were giving me. And that's where I felt it was a bit muddy. I was um, I was actually seeing the the reaction of another content creator yesterday because I wasn't able to stream this due to uh, some family stuff I had to take care of. But um, this other creator said that he had been following like a bunch of uh, media sources, and it turns out that according to what he was saying, like there was a lot of media sources hyping this up, and even Sony themselves saying, mm -hmm. like you know how sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, keep your expectations in check," and in this time it was the opposite, like they were going. No, nah, dude, it's, it's going to be wild. Like, prepare to be blown away. I think there apparently was some type of messaging like that. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, this is probably going to end up biting them in the ass a little bit. But you you do have a point. Like, if, other than Forspoken and a couple of other things, the stuff that is coming next year isn't even that new, right? You got GDA 5 rematch. Who the hell wants GDA 5 I laughed when I saw that the first time around. There was like a one of one of PlayStation's presentations where they opened their show with GTA 5. Yeah, they did. Like, they did. I was like, 
what are you doing? What is this? This is not why people bought a PlayStation. Yeah, I, I get it. They both have a five PlayStation five GTA five makes sense, but actually not quite. <laughs> it's an but interesting yeah. thing. Cause it's like, I think just from expectations key expectation is always going yeah. to be absolutely key. And we see this happen time and time again. And I think one of the the thing I take away because I, I look at you know the Sony announcements and I go great like there are definitely things that when I'm able to find a PS5 that I want to play. My PS4 died and I was like I'm gonna wait till PS5 and unfortunately that is a long wait. Like that mm-hmm. like I I had it in my cart multiple times Target <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it just does and to the point where okay well maybe there'll be a Final Fantasy 16 special edition PS5. You know, and then it'll be great. Like, okay, I'll get that and uh, we'll see. And at this point, I'm like, will there be a PS5 Slim, you know, uh, based off of kind of the trajectory? If nothing else, the nice the nice thing, yeah, it, as always, is we'll see. Uh, the nice thing about overall, as time progresses, we should see, uh, you know, things ease up. But my perspective on whether it's Xbox or Sony and these events, um, I've, I'm really thinking that COVID has is, is hit us like everybody hard like supply you know demand and then at the same time just like trying to coordinate these teams and deliver content and so that is still happening i just don't think it's happening at at a pace that we're as gamers expecting and so but nobody could have prepared for that nobody could have been like okay guys we need to start working on spider-man 2 you know five years prior because at the last at the last leg of this you know we're gonna we're gonna get hit by a global pandemic so that we will have something to release in 2022 and yeah, and I think everything is just kind of being hit by that, that aspect. And so when people talk about for spoken delays, like I, I fully expect like things are going to continue to get delayed. There's going to be challenging things that happen. And, um, and that's just, yeah, I think that's just the, the sucky reality we live in right now. I just I also to- think, I, I also think that like, um, to chaos's point, Sony needed to put on, uh, something maybe even a little bit above and beyond due to the controversies that they've been involved in okay. with that little nickel nickel and diming of like oh yeah oh yeah the te- the ten dollar upgrade it's, it's like every time that i read a headline like that i'm just like sony what are you doing like what are you doing like serious Do you, oh yeah it's ten dollars we need we need ten more dollars like you've already developed it just, just give it to people. It's like that's one of the things that when I when I was uh, initially reviewing the the PlayStation Five, that was the thing that I instantly pointed out. It was my biggest complaint. It's like I don't understand how my PlayStation Five. I I put in the code to get uh, Spider Man and Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and it downloaded four games, which was Spider Man PS4, Spider Man PS5, Miles Morales PS4, and Miles Morales PS5. And I'm like why it doesn't bother me like i have 100 megabits of internet it's not a problem i don't have like a data cap but why (laughs) why did it do that you see and then you have microsoft on the exact opposite end of the spectrum going like no here's smart delivery like i was watching a video by this this guy called uh ackman the other Mm -hmm. day and the dude pulls out an original not xbox 360 an original xbox disc and he puts it inside the Xbox Series X and it just downloads a game. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's amazing. Yeah. Who would like have that, thought? That's legit. That's legit yeah. amazing. And, and and meanwhile, I'm over here with my PS5 that downloaded four different versions of Spider-Man. What the fuck? Yeah. 
Who would have thought that Microsoft's smart delivery is one of the best selling features of it the is. Xbox ecosystem? It hands down, like it's the like oh you download the it's gonna know what you need. Do you want the oh you got 4K? Here's the 4K assets. You don't have it because that's something that's not even talked about. Like it like, it will understand like oh you're not you're not even outputting in 4K. Well we're not gonna have to download all that extra stuff. Like okay you want to do this? We're gonna handle that for you. And that ends up just becoming this clear internet fodder you know between the two platforms right like okay like i always say play where you want like whatever your ecosystem like that you prefer great like i it doesn't matter to me i'm play i'm platform agnostic i do wish i see chat talking about how wishing that these games are coming to pc sony has said that that's the fact they're going to be bringing these games to pc as well my my thought on sony's plan is it's probably going to be where it's playstation exclusive timed and then eventually it will roll out to PC. But I think essentially what happened, what we see here is that Microsoft had to get competitive because Sony kicked their, kicked their ass with PS4 and Microsoft said, okay, let's, let's actually think about 2030. And now Sony's caught off guard. Sony's just kind of like, Oh crap. Well, how do we do it? Download them all. Just give them all like, rather than like, it's and then, Oh, we're going to have to charge them for this because like, they don't have the, 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 the architecture. The and the, and the process and the policies. And it's like all of this stuff is like, wait a minute. We were used to how it did. We did it on PS4. And just like the PS4 benefited from the 360. And so it's like, you know, right now I see Microsoft just from a how everything kind of just works together. I can play my games on PC. I can play my games on, on console. Like I just buy the one game and it's good. It makes me want to put my money over in that bucket as opposed to like, what do you mean I have to pay for this upgrade? Well, then I'll yeah, just, like, well, it, it tells me just, I'll just wait. Like, I'm not saying I'm not going to buy your Spider-Man, but if I can't get a PS5 and you're like, oh, Spider-Man's also on PS4, but then there's an upgrade, like, I'll just wait. I will just yeah. wait and I'll buy it because we know that game price, you're not Nintendo, game prices fall. So it's, it, it's, it's one of the things that's actually gotten me considering. Cause like, I like the convenience of consoles. Yes. Uh, oh, hands down. like. Yes. Because, like, for instance, to give you an idea, right, I have this office space that I work in, and then I go home. And I'm not going to take my PC home with me, but it's a lot easy, it's super easy to just grab the PS5, put it on a backpack, take it home. So that's one of the things that I really like about consoles. And this whole thing about, oh, the $10, it's just like, it's got me thinking, like, I don't know, dude, I might just end up at one point getting an Xbox. Because, like, I don't like the way that this is going. This whole nickel and diming thing, like, this just, it just feels cheap you know when you're when when a, a, a publisher like this is is like nick trying to nickel and dime over ten dollars of something that they've already created it's like not to mention that on top of it there's the whole situation with the shortage of the console to begin with like you like you said brian it's like you, you're gonna wait it's like are, are you imagine like you know spider-man 2 comes out tomorrow but you don't have a playstation 5 right you're not gonna buy it for playstation 4 why would you right they're gonna ask you for more money later it's like you might as well wait until like the price goes down and then you just pick it up then on when you potentially get a PS5 or something. Yeah, same thing with the it's save just, files just, though. Like it's not even about the $10. Like I've seen people have to jump through hoops to migrate oh, their save oh, files. Yeah. The, and it's the, like, the Miles what? Morales one, the, not, was it the Miles Morales? Yeah, one? yeah the Miles, Miles Morales, Morales one yeah. wasn't even supported on, on release. So like I had a save file on PS4 and I couldn't even import it onto PlayStation 5 when yeah. the game came out. Um, yeah. I'm a massive control fan. If you've played that game, I have seen it. <laughs> it's really good. Well. Uh, so I've completed the base game, completed the first DLC. I'm on the second DLC. 
Um, and then they announced the Ultimate Edition with the high-res graphics, the ray tracing, and everything. So I stopped playing, and I was really excited because I was going to pick up the Ultimate Edition. I know they were recharging for it, um, which is weird because it's the same game just packaged into all dlc but i was okay with it the game was so good i was happy to buy it again with the higher graphic fidelity um and then they announced sorry your saves won't transfer it's exactly the same game exactly the same code base but your save won't work on it because this one is the ultimate edition then sony fuck up it's part of my french it's okay, Rory's um, already broken the uh, the swear gap. Release the game accidentally to everyone for free. Anyone that had control got a free upgrade to the Ultimate Edition. There, the few people that actually started control when that happened had the Ultimate Edition and their save file worked. Right? So they converted it. Then Sony realized the mistake deactivated everyone's account that had that game, so they had to re-download Control, so their save file no longer worked because it was on the Ultimate Edition. But those people like me who weren't lucky enough to get caught in that tangle, Remedy Games and 505, whichever one of them was, went and actively disabled the save transfer. So now you can't do it. I have a weird question, and let me know if there's, you know, if I'm just reading the room wrong. Why is it the two PS5 owners in this room are very mad at Sony right now, and the two people who can't have a PlayStation are like, I guess it's okay. Trying to get one? Still trying to get one? Like, as it's, it's like, because, just, listen, if, if, you, if you think back to 2013, right, what mm-hmm. was like one of PlayStation 4's biggest wins? It was when, during that E3 presentation, when Microsoft was just like completely foot in mouth, like a really bad case of foot and mouth where they were like, oh, if you need an offline console, we have a solution for you. It's the Xbox 360. It's like, that, that was that has to be one of the dumbest things. Or the other guy who goes like, oh, you don't have an online connection where you live? Why do you live there? It's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? It was like, there were some really bad Microsoft takes back then, right? And they were yeah. like, always online, DRM, all of this nonsense. And Sony just walks on stage. Uh, no, they didn't. They had a video, I think, in backstage. Yeah, how video do you whatever. trade your game? And they're just like, here's, here's how I can loan a game to my friend. And they pick up the copy and they give it to them. And it just works, right? You see, Microsoft, if they were petty, here's what they could do now. They'd be like, here's how you can play our game from Xbox One. And they would pick it up and they would put it in the console and it would download like the higher res version or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what they could do because it's it's that's the thing. It's like... The reason I'm I'm mad is because I'm seeing way too many anti-consumer practices. And and just to, to be completely clear here, I don't pay for uh, at least up until this point I'm very privileged because I work with play, I work with PlayStation Portugal. I don't pay for Sony first party titles. I just get them. I I didn't pay for my PlayStation 5. I got it for free. Well, some so, people. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like but but it's like here's the thing I've I've always said and I'll always say with anyone that works with me is like listen I'm always gonna give it to you true and raw it is what it is it's like I still love the console I I'm, I'm playing it right now I have friggin' Tales of Rise running on it right now I love the console I think I have that problem that it doesn't have the smart delivery system and it should have but it's like they are definitely doing a lot of stuff that I think is anti-consumer and if me saying that causes them not to send me games it is what it is but hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> 
this whole um, Horizons uh, Forbidden West thing, where they were going to charge when they originally said it was going to be a free upgrade. And I've had a lot of people like give me a lot of um, flack for my view on this, where I feel it should be free. Because as a you know publisher, they promised. If they hadn't promised, I would be totally okay with it. But if you put your word on it, that word has to mean something. If they charge for all the others, fine. Do what you need to do. But if you've promised that X, Y, and Z game are going to be free upgrades, then I expect those games to be free regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've, they've done it. They've done it, though. They, 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 they... Only after peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. After, after they got backlash, they're like, okay, fine. We'll do it. I guess we'll do what we said we were going to do. If there was no do. peer pressure, they would have just left it and charged people. Yeah. Right. That's the only thing I was against. But I do love my PS5. Hands off. Yeah, see, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we still like it at the end of the day. Because it's a good system. Like, it, it, it's silent. Like, especially coming off of the PS4, dude. That thing could, oh, like, freaking lift off. <laughs> dude, I used to get calls from Heathrow Airport just to see yeah. um, the runway was clear when I put my PS4 on. <laughs> the uh, I I'm be curious to see how like Sony kind of adapts to the like the new model. They've already kind of t- talked internally about some of these things, but at the end of the day, like y'all aren't selling me on PlayStation. It's great, except for it's like they like, got to fix listen. that. They got to fix it. it's it's not it doesn't it's not a hardware issue. It's a like just how their system is. In, you know, like software, I, I think, yeah, it's, at the back end. It, here's the thing. It's very easy for me to sell people on a PlayStation. It's like, you want to play some Demon Souls? Hey, you want to play, uh, I don't know, you want to play Ghost of Tsushima? Like the best looking version of Ghost of Tsushima? You want to play Final Fantasy 14? You want to play Final <laughs> Fantasy 16? 16 too, yeah. <laughs> seven remake. Microsoft uh, has no killer titles. Seven remake, yeah. That that is the thing. I mean, the they have the some. DLC. They have some cool titles, no. but cool, but they but don't I have think, killer titles. Halo but, but is here's, the only one. Here's here's the thing. I think that Microsoft is going to be bleeding, uh, at least for a couple of years still, with the Xbox brand. But like many people have said, I think they're much better positioned for the future. They're yeah. way better, especially after Sony keeps putting their foot in their mouth. It's like, come on, dude, like $10 yeah. cares. It's $10. And, and here's the thing. Stuff like this is what kills word of mouth. Cause like, for instance, uh, some people will, will read this and they'll might have a PlayStation. They're going to feel it, it feels bad, right? For you to like, you, you buy a PlayStation game and then you're like, Oh no, I have to pay $10 for this upgrade where they're doing it for free on the other platform mm-hmm. like just it feels wrong and that causes people to maybe not recommend a, their friend to get a playstation and that's what but, playstation is beginning to lose they're beginning to lose their customer goodwill but there's also two skews on the playstation right i can walk into a shop right now and buy a ps4 version of a game or a ps5 version of a game i can come home plug it into my computer and it will give if i buy the ps5 version i will play the ps5 version if I came home today, and just hypothetically, for whatever reason, because your internet can go down, but I'm just going to, let's just assume you've got a cut, you're off internet for a week, you plug your new game in from the Xbox Series X, you will play the Xbox One version of the game. You will not play the Series X version. There is no way to go out right now and buy a Series X game. The disc only holds the Xbox One game. It will look at your console, 
and see which version you've actually got and then download the appropriate files. The good thing about this is in the future, if they decide to release six renditions of the Series X, that smart delivery can still see the, you know, the machine serial number or whatever it's looking at, the IMEI code or whatever, mm -hmm. and determine, yep, you've got Xbox V, Xbox S, Xbox T, and download the appropriate one. Yeah. Sony is still head-on focused on console delivery, and they don't, they're not investing as into the cloud yet. I know PlayStation Now is there and it's improving, but they don't see PlayStation Now as Game Pass. They see that as a supplement for older titles, and they've recently started putting newer titles on there on a timed basis. Those get newer games aren't there full-time. They do come off after a couple of months. Mm -hmm. But with Microsoft, the way they're looking at the whole infrastructure, they're looking at making everything online in the cloud, and the consoles there are just a conduit for that version. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference. If I go and buy a game on Xbox, it's a single disc. With Sony, they have to produce two versions of that. And what they're saying is, if you buy the PS4 version, that's fine. But if you want the PS5 version after that, the PS5 version costs 10 bucks more. So we're just charging you the difference. Now, you as a consumer can decide, I want to wait because I don't have a PS5. And when, they, when I've got my PS5, then I'll go on a shopping spree, buy what I want. But right now, that's the approach they're going for. I personally think it's not so bad because they're not charging you an additional 70 bucks for the game. They're giving you a 10 bucks upgrade path. But it's because they don't have the same strategy going forward as Microsoft. Microsoft wants everyone unified in the cloud gaming. I mean, if you look at, um, for example, Ascent recently came out on the Xbox, and it's uh, on Game Pass, right? Mm -hmm. That game receives slower updates on PC than the Steam version because when they have to update the PC version of Ascent on Game Pass, it still has to go through that week of certification at Microsoft. The Steam version, however, has no certification. It's instant update. And that now creates other problems for Microsoft, which they need to get over. They need to remove that hurdle. So though the Microsoft platform is more accessible, it still has its own problems. It might not be affecting the consumer as much, but there was a lot of bugs with Ascent that were affecting the PC community, where the PC community on the Game Pass side of things had to wait almost two weeks before they could get the updates because Microsoft certification process took so long to certify it, mm -hmm. to go onto Xbox Live, onto the Microsoft servers, so they could download the update. Whereas Steam users had it like that as soon as it was available. Yeah. So it's it's touch and go. It's you know it's hand in hand. They've just got different strategies, in my opinion, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Xbox Live, for example, I can see being hit by this because, yeah, I like play. If I've got an option now to play a game on my Xbox Series X or PC, half the time I play it on my PC. If I'm playing it on my PC, or if I can't play with my friends on Xbox Live, I have to play the Xbox. I have to download the Game Pass version, which is a horrible client on PC right now. Yeah. It has a lot of problems. Yeah, it does. I, tried... I have to go through that. Yeah. And tried... It's horrible. I upgraded to the Steam version of, of PSO because I was like, too, because I was like, all right, 
I, it, like even the Windows Store was like, "Sorry, you're up to date." And then I launched the game. It's like, "Please up to the, up to, to the game." And I'm like, over on Steam. It's like, Ooh. it's just handled. Yeah, it's just handled, man. I was like, "Oh, this is rough." Um, now, let's do, the, I, go I'm ahead. gonna throw a wrench in this real quick. Sure. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I, by nature, am a patient person. Okay. Right. So I have no problem waiting until he already looks this... angry. <laughs> just go ahead. I have no problem waiting until any of this comes out on PC, Steam, Xbox, Mm -hmm. Game Pass. I have no no problem waiting for any of that. Now, if it comes out on Steam, here comes the Steam Deck coming out. Yep. Okay. PlayStation has a one-year two-year exclusive on god of war for for instance i'm not saying they do i'm just throwing that out there i still can't get a playstation 5 for that one to two years that it's the exclusive for it okay cool my steam deck pre-order is in they're saying it's coming out end of this year mid next year something like that sure i'll wait I'll have the Steam Deck. I can just play it wherever the hell I feel like it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think for <laughs> Tales, I'm gonna like, oh, I'm gonna get this on Steam. Exactly. Got, I'll get it God on of Steam, War. and then I'll just put it. I'll just play it wherever I feel like it. God of War is a terrible example, though. <laughs> I, I understand. I'm just, <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from with yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah yeah. 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 Like Final Fantasy 16, I think would make a lot more sense, but. Yes. Uh, yeah so okay let's switch that over to 16 it's an exclusive for a year i still don't have a playstation 5 but i have steam i have the steam deck cool now i could play it at the airport whenever i'm going out of town for work instead of having to hook up a tv at the airport and hook up the playstation 5 yeah so like well, and, the, and the steam deck already works with uh like xbox cloud and works with Stadia exactly. and works with like all these other exactly. things. It's 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 a it's a there's a desktop on it. <laughs> yeah, you know. So Absolutely. I can play whatever. I mean, that runs like. on Linux, right? Yeah, it does, but it does have a a Windows esque desktop associated to it. If I'm not no no, mistaken. you have to no, you have to install Windows on it. You can install yeah, you can, Windows. Install Windows. You can install Windows, but you have to do it. You have to get like a Windows license if you're doing it legally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can get a Windows license for <laughs> five dollars. Um <laughs> that's a, it's, a perfect, it's perfectly legal. Uh, like and it's one of those, what, but it's a genuine Windows license. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll need to, I'll, I, we need to hook up after the um after the spot. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll show you. He I'll gets PlayStation to... games for free. You get Windows for five bucks, and it's like, yeah, we're making yeah, deals, it's... people, and this is going to be referenced in court. The only thing I have to say <laughs> against what Sorrow just said is, yeah, um, I don't, I don't have, I don't always have the opportunity to play games on release because I'm just busy. Yeah. Uh, I've got nice. work, kids. Yeah, me, me, and, me and this guy, team of five, sore with this one child. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't always get the option, but I like to play games at least close to release. I don't want to play them three years down the line or have to wait three years to play God of War. Um, I if if I'm if I you know for big titles, I want to play them as they come out and enjoy it and talk about it with friends as I'm playing it. 
um, you lose all that. Yeah, exactly. Let's go around with final thoughts because, like, this is this is such an interesting conversation. It kind of I like how it evolved. I was literally about to like, and then you got Steam Deck, and then I don't know what the f Nintendo's doing. Like, <laughs> it's like they they're not doing their it's job, totally and so like... Steam's like, fine, we'll make it. You know, <laughs> the, the thing about the Steam Deck though is that let's just be clear here: Steam has a terrible history with yeah. supporting their hardware. So yeah, it's like do. that Steam that Steam Deck does not necessarily fill me with confidence. You know, like yeah. you know that the Switch is still going to be around for a oh, while. Yeah. And I, I ordered the OLED edition because I'm like, a, you yeah. know, I'm a hypocrite because I'm like, yeah, Nintendo sucks. <laughs> Take my money, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo sucks. Here's the check, sir. Right? They're like. <laughs> All right, like he clearly doesn't know how to communicate. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like I don't have a whole lot of faith. In it. It's like I like the idea of the Steam Deck, but I just I, I think it's going to end up like the other things, like the Steam Link, the Steam Controller, all of these things that are basically now defunct. Basically, mm -hmm. it's also um, they've given other manufacturers now the availability to create their own Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. That's they, what they, they did with they, the Steam not... box. Like they're like, "Yep, this is what we're making." And um, hopefully, though, with mass adoption, we'll see more improvement of Linux. Even Windows 11 has a has a closer to Linux kernel, and so it's like overall, like it, cloud runs off of Linux. If anybody isn't like aware, uh, so it's like there's there is this movement in that regards. Any game that gets ported to Steam or ported to uh, Stadia could you know could run on Linux because Stadia is Linux based. Uh, the, the difference being that Luna is actually Windows based, which is fascinating. Yeah, fact of the day. Um, Stadia so, still around? Yeah. Yeah. Stadia's doing just <laughs> fine. They just don't have any first party that like that's that's what gamers are expecting. But I think they're just building out. They built out the technology and I think they're just I don't know. It's Google. Well, like they've either lost interest or they'll get interest again or who knows. Yeah, I I think they lost interest. It's going to be like the, the Google plus thing most likely, or any of the other million projects that well, Google just abandoned. We, we do really talk about on this podcast and I like, <laughs> and I'm looking at the time. It's like, this is it turns into a second podcast, but <laughs> we have, obviously we talked about last week, YouTube making moves, picking up people. Their plan for Stadia is to have it fully integrated with YouTube in that regards, whether you're like, hey, I'm mm -hmm. streaming. Oh, I'm no longer on Twitch. Now I'm streaming on YouTube gaming because they, they add X, Y, and Z feature. And then what their goal is, is that you literally can be like, oh, I see Brian playing 14. I'm going to click and boop, they're they're playing the game. Like, it's like that is their ultimate goal. And that's, that's what Stadia does. Like, you can literally just click it and you're in the game. And so that's where it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, if they haven't lost interest already, it is Google, but that's, that's essentially what they're worth. They're striving for. And that's what Twitch is striving for. But I think we're still, you know, probably at least, you know, five to 10 years away from that reality. Like, even though I get emails every month saying, Hey, claim your free games. Mm -hmm. I usually don't play any of them. Yeah. Uh, like I use Stadia for destiny yeah. outriders cyberpunk yeah. mm -hmm. and then like there's a couple kids games that are in there for uh you know your free stadia games that i'll just hand my daughter the controller and she'll go and play on the 75 inch tv in the living room <laughs> you know yeah she's been she's been playing spongebob a lot on that one uh so she'll she'll just go and play that and i'll turn off you know other players or something like that and we'll sit down and play monopoly as a family or something like that on there mm -hmm. 
So yeah, it's still there. I might use it differently than most people, but it's that's a convenience. It. It's exactly. it's a it's a convenience platform. Exactly. Like yeah. I don't my uh consoles are actually in the basement because I don't have anywhere to put them upstairs. Bad. Well, no, I don't have anywhere to put them upstairs. Get to the um, basement. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, the games that she would want to play on one of the consoles is either on her Switch or it's on Stadia. Yeah. So she either carries the Switch around and plays or she'll play on Stadia on the TV. So, I mean, I have no problem with it. Rock and roll. I mean, I want more games to go cloud, whether it's um, X Cloud or Stadia. I really don't care. Um, mm -hmm. The convenience of cloud and being able to play on anything is, I mean, over the past two or three weeks where I've literally been stationed at my desk and nowhere else for like the majority of the day, yeah, being able just to open my Chromebook or my browser and just where I've got like 15, 20 minutes to myself just to go and just do anything and clear my head has been a godsend. And the last three weeks have actually made me use cloud gaming more than I have ever. And now when I look for like certain games to play, I feel disheartened that there isn't a cloud version of it available where I could just instantly put on and just dive straight in. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a convenience platform. That's the only frustration that I have with xCloud GeForce Now and Stadia. It's like, okay, this game isn't here. All right, tech yep. coming. Well, and, that, and what you know what that does? And this is my final thought. And we we should we should wrap up. <laughs> the uh, it's like try to keep them in an hour. And here we go. Hour number. We're about to go an hour two. The um, the uh, is that it defaults back to the games that are accessible. Meaning, like I love Destiny two now. Like I, I took you know took a nice long break. That's healthy. Um, but the things that frustrate me is that when I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, maybe I got 10, 15 minutes, you know, it'd be really fun is that if I could just jump into 14 with that. Uh, but mm -hmm. no, I, it isn't. So I like literally will default to state like destiny, which is a great option. I'm not complaining, but it's that when it comes down to when you have limited time, like when I've got all the time, like it's like, I got a couple hours, like I'm going to come to my PC. I'm going to come to the premier experience that I have. But when I'm like, oh, I just want to kind of jump in, dip in, then it's literally about like, okay, where can I, where is the easiest way to jump into that game and play? Rory, what's your final thought? You're looking over there menacing. Like, well, you see, Brian, if you had a PlayStation 5, you could just boot <laughs> up your phone and you could just play your game mm -hmm. on your phone and it wouldn't even be a problem. See? <laughs> and you don't need sure. to go to the cloud to do that. You can do all that from your. You, you want to know my hold up was on that though, like because I can do the same thing with the Xbox. Um, mm. You know what my literal hold up is, and I don't even do the Stadia stuff on my phone. Is that literally like I have the controller and I have the like the connector, and then I got to set up the phone, and that's where like the Steam Deck, and that's where I wish the Switch. Just I just want it. I'm lazy. Like it's it literally is like what is the path of least resistance? So on the TV or on the PC is where I boot it up. And he's gone. All right. While well, he does whatever he's doing, I'm sure he's grabbing his phone. Uh, oh, he's. Did you already have it all hooked up? So you're already. Yeah, you're already set up. Yeah, dude. Listen, listen. You have this thing, and you just do this. Boom. You're good to go. Yeah. So connection. Mine is terrible. That's fine. It all depends on the quality of your Wi-Fi. Basically, if you have like good Wi-Fi. Yeah, you, you need five G. You need five G. Like yeah. that's that is I mean, the I'm on a requirement. Connection. What? 
I'm on a gigabit internet connection. My Wi-Fi is uh, 5G, but the connection between my console and my PS5 and my phone is it always goes pixelated. It's it's really bad. Maybe because there's metal shielding in this building. You, it, could, it, could probably, be it could be having you probably have interference. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah, yeah. see, Brian, I have this thing already set up and get to and go you're on my go. phone anytime I want. <laughs> see, and that, the thing is, is I don't have an extra like phone and like and I don't have an extra controller and and, and I could get one. What extra yeah. phone? This is my phone. I only have one. <laughs> right, but I'm not like I, so a uh, true story <laughs> I know this keeps going. Uh true story though, it's like I I deleted everything of interest off of this device and it has returned to me hours and hours and hours of my life. So like I don't have Twitter, I don't have like any of the YouTube stuff. I literally have nothing on it that outside of mail, text, phone, and it's That's great and, ma and maps and it's like so when I get downstairs, when I'm off work, I literally set the phone on its screen down. So even if somebody like, and I leave it, I leave it be. And then I check in on it before bed and see if any, I need to return my calls. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of old. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm definitely giving excuses. Like, is it possible? Yes. <laughs> like, and I, but I'm just saying like, when it comes down to it, I, I feel my, myself probably am more of that consumer of like, just make it easy. Don't, cause you have to buy those things. You have to do all that. Anyway, chaos, what's your final thought? My final thoughts is, I have no idea. All right, Thor. <laughs> uh, final thought: uh, Games is games. Do you like playing them? Play them. Can we get a shirt with that? <laughs> games is games. Games is games. And a PS Five. That's my final thought. Yeah, uh, but and and, 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 and then we can all then we can all bitch about it. to PlayStation. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I might hit him up for for sending me one. All right, <laughs> I'll get Guys. him hooked up with uh, with the uh, cheap Windows codes, yeah. and uh, he'll get me hooked up. With PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks to chat for watching live. This thing's gone off the rails as we just kind of descent into madness. Hopefully, you all enjoyed the podcast. This has been Epic Loot Radio, talking about the PlayStation, talking about Forspoken, talking about New World. We've got a lot coming up for you guys. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you have a fantastic day and we'll see you next time. But until then, take care.